Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. My name is Robert Kane. Welcome, Robert. I was waiting for that beat to drop. Mm, that was good. Thank you. Did you time that whole thing? No, I didn't. Good. But I realized as I was getting closer that that beat was about to drop, so I waited. <sighs> always a showman. Always no, a showman. Always a showman. My name is Rick Gromlick, and we're glad you are here with us today. We are going to talk about Koinonia. Koinonia Fellowship. Mm. That's is what it, we're getting at. Is that the name of your church, Koinonia Fellowship? Nope, nope. But there are some churches named Koinonia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's scriptural. It's got the biblical background. All right. Yep. Enjoy. So that intro wasn't quite as smooth. I blame you. But we're still getting we're still getting used to it. We've said I that like half good. a dozen I times. I thought it was good. Did we've, you? We've only been doing it for like five times. I don't know. You're talking really softly. Um, can you hear me? I, I feel like now. I'm talking pretty pretty normal. Okay. Well. But I, tomato tomato. I mean, do you want me to do the, the whole no, thing? No, no, no. Okay, I, I okay, okay. Be a closer. I might just turn yeah, this up a little turn bit. Turn me up, Rob. If you know, if what, anything, not too loud. Crank it up. Crank. Pump. Pump the jam. Pump okay. it up. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, don't don't tune in again. Uh, but no, we're we're glad to be back at it. We are um, have freshly wrapped up a series on the the covenants, which took a good no, long while. You got that wrong. Confessions. Thank you. Um, and we did uh, a couple like mailbag episodes, which was great. Yeah. Um, but today we wanted to sit down and talk about fellowship. So before we do that, though, Rob, you and I are having a moment of fellowship. We are hanging out in your beautiful home. Oh, Looks great here, Rob. You're a sweet. lot of work. Um, a lot of work to be done. Mm, that's that's the beauty of a homeowner. Yeah. What's new, Rob? How you doing? Uh, not much. I got to preach this morning. First mm. uh, Peter, what? chapter two, verses eleven through seventeen, which is really yeah uh, about submitting to the authorities. Mm-hmm. So that was a good time. It's always awkward. So are you, is Summit going through First Peter as well? No. Okay. No, they they were in Acts. Um, and I was asked to preach earlier this week, and I mm-hmm. just let them know, hey, do you want me to continue on with this? Or, yeah. Um, and our core team is going through First Peter, so I had just done a, I had just done a devotional on that passage. Gotcha. So I asked if I could just yeah. kind of build off of it, and uh, Mark was gracious to let me do that. Great. Yeah. So it's always awkward because I'm not consistently preaching right now, and he preaches real inconsistent. Yeah. Exactly. And. <laughs> One, um, one week he's Calvinist, Reformed. Stop. Next week he's Arminian. <laughs> stop it. Next week Episcopalian? Maybe. We'll see. Who okay. Knows? But the um, last few times I've preached, I've been in front of a camera. Mm. And that is one of the most awkward things. Yeah. I, like today I felt maybe a little bit more comfortable, but it was still, I mean, it was it's only just... my second time doing that. But man, I'm, I'm looking forward to being in person. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling Rob this morning we preached or it's Sunday, in case you didn't catch up on that um and i'm just so tired of kind of sitting at a desk looking at a a computer and we use zoom in our church plant which is great because we can see each other interact and um i discovered the ability ability to turn my own camera off which was invaluable so no i'm no longer just looking at myself um because that just kind of gets weird yeah 
So anyway, you it guys, does. You guys are doing well. I hate that about Zoom. Yeah. I mean, I like it because Zoom's a great mm-hmm. tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're just so self conscious. Yeah. You just want to make sure that you don't look like a fool on there. Well, even if it, you're not like overly self, it's just I just that's where I started naturally. To, I can't stop looking at it. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. Anyway, what else, new Rob? What's going on? Not a ton. I mean, we've just been doing home projects and there you go. Yeah, work. So cool beans. Yeah. Yeah, same here. We're still, um, just so you guys know, by the time you hear this, my wife will be 39 weeks pregnant, um, which the irony of this is when we first started, go back to our very first episode, um, Robert's, Danielle was, she was pregnant past yeah. her due date a few days, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Rob's like, we're getting close. I, I don't know. know how she can get any bigger. No, um, I did not say any bigger. Yeah, you did. I didn't. I said any more pregnant. No, I think you said any bigger. I don't think so. Go back and listen. <laughs> yeah, go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so here we are. Um, we're at it again. My wife's going to have a baby three months later. You guys are going to have a baby. Lord so it's willing. the opposite of how it was the first time around. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing well. It's, just, it's pumped. It, or it's pumped. <laughs> the baby is. <laughs> but the baby is just pumped he is to get out. super excited. <laughs> but we are pumped because it's finally nice. Here in Dude. Central Ohio, it's warm, Finally. sunny. Finally, um, the, the flood has left us. So yeah, my goodness, I was not sure when we were going to get consistent mm. eighty degree weather, but this whole upcoming week is supposed to be in the eighties. I know, which is amazing, and I, there's supposed to be minimal amount of rain, if any. So loving right. that. But all right, let's all hop right. into it. Yeah. So Rick, we're talking hop. about fellowship. We're talking about koinonia. 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 Which, Koino- which why don't nia. you explain what koinonia is? Like, why are we using that term? When you take a coin, you put it on your nia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, so koinonia <laughs> is the clever. Greek word for fellowship. Rob made a joke earlier because, uh, well, Danielle made a joke that was very like yeah. <laughs> Rick-esque, which mm-hmm. is just a stupid little pun on something. Yeah. And she made a joke and Rob's like, ah, been hanging around the ground looks too much. Yep. So Rob was being a jerk to me. Yep. Um, no, but yeah, koinonia is, it's a Greek word to mean fellowship. Um, here's a quick definition I'm going to give from Baker's. It says, the essence of the Christian life, fellowship with God and fellowship with other believers in Christ. In the beginning, Adam was placed in the garden to enjoy friendship and communion uh, with God. When the creature chose to assert his own autonomy rather than live under the cre- creator's gracious care fellowship was broken so we see this this idea of fellowship um is damaged or or uh, broken but as believers we are called to be in fellowship together so i'm going to read a a lengthier definition take it away okay because i started the other one i realized it was not the right one um says a greek word in the new testament denotes fellowship, communion in a, in a limited sense, community. The basic idea of New Testament koinonia is participation in what is held in common, being conscious of belonging to one another as those who form a unique community and consequently sharing with one another. The sense of koinonia among Christians is driven by devotion to Christ as well as a realization of a common status as those who by the Holy Spirit have been placed in Christ and therefore belong to God. This is important. Koinonia, therefore, refers both to a shared sense of identity and moral imperative to act toward one another in a manner befitting those who participate together in the one fellowship of Christ. 
That was a mouthful. There's a lot there. But that, especially that last part that's is this shared sense of identity and moral imperative. So much of the church is splintered and scattered. And we I think we've had a conversation about denominations and how yeah, a there, there's a there's a blessing there and they're 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 there for a reason. But as far as a local body being committed to one another, um, having this sense of shared identity. We live in this individualistic moral culture where everyone's doing their own thing instead of having this shared uh, identity that's an imperative. So as believers, the fellowship, the Sunday gathering, the gathering in homes, this is this isn't just hangout fellowship time. This is a vital part of, of uh, the body of Christ. And in a sense, it's a great picture of our unity with Christ himself. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. so you said right there that it's a great picture of unity with Christ himself. So why would it be important as Christians, just thinking through this, why would it be important for Christians to mm. commune with one another? Because because I'll answer my own question because you just did answer a lot it. of talking. Thank um, you. And I didn't actually pay attention. Let you know about that question. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I know you're paying attention. So so what, what I was hoping you would say. Um, you never gave me and a I'm chance. sure you would have. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. sure you would have. <laughs> <laughs> was that um, the fact that we are called to commune with one another mm-hmm. is not just because of a simple command. That's right. Um, there, I, I was saying in, in the sermon this morning that there's always a reason behind the the ask, mm-hmm. and so God calls us, or a reason behind the command. God commands us to gather. Mm-hmm. Now the reason is because is at least twofold. That one, it's a reflection that we do commune with Him. Yeah, but also with, I mean, God Himself has been in eternal communion mm-hmm. with. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yes. So God being one, uh, but three persons in one essence, all equally God, all equally um, power. There's Neville. I hey, think Neville. The ladies are coming in here. So what we see is that the that God has mm-hmm. eternally been in this relationship with Himself, um, and so for those who are united to God, we are also called to be in union with one another. So people often say like, oh, I can be a Christian and and not attend church. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's not consistent. Right. Um, I mean, it's like saying, oh, I can be a tennis player, but I don't play tennis on a tennis court. It just doesn't yes. seem even right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm a basketball player, but I don't, I don't play basketball on a basketball court. I play it on a, a baseball field. Right. Like that, it just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't even, it's not consistent. And so to say that you are in a relationship with a triune God who has always been in community with mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. is to say that I am also in community with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Because when we are adopted into the family of God, that's just it. We are adopted into a family. We have a responsibility towards other believers and we are adopted into the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Scripture is clear, like there's multiple members of the body, each serving its purpose mm-hmm. for the um, uplifting and the magnifying of Christ. And so like we are called not just to have like this individualistic experience yeah. of a relationship with God, but we're actually called to have koinonia yeah. with one another, fellowship with one another. Right. Yeah. And I think the reason, um, th- the word koinonia, obviously it's Greek, so it doesn't, it's all Greek to us, huh? Mm-hmm. The, the idea though... <laughs> 
that I know I say these like little stupid things yeah. all the time. Rob, you need to help me. No, they're you good. That's one of the things that make you unique. You're making fun of me earlier about it. It might be why you don't have a lot of friends, but it's one of the things that make you unique. <laughs> I just can't figure out why my <laughs> social life isn't taking off. <laughs> um, no, but the, the, the word fellowship is great, but it's like every other church has the word fellowship in its name, and it's like this idea of just, it's a rich word, but yeah. it's been so diluted by the culture, yeah. and um, it's good to, to look back. What does it mean? Why do you, so, why do you think it's been we, diluted? Well, because people will say, pe- because true fellowship is hard. Yeah, It takes work. It takes commitment. Yep. I mean, Acts 2, 42 through 40, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread. Like, they devoted themselves to each other. We see um, how in, in the early church, like, they were, like sacrificially giving to each other, Romans 16, 15, 26, because of Macedonia and Achaia, they were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem, like sacrificially giving. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's it's difficult. But what I was going to say, though, is people, uh, we're, we're, here we are, right? It's, it's early June or, or late May. Churches are getting ready to kind of gather again together. Some already started after the whole COVID-19 situation. And there's a lot of people who are thinking, what's the value of going and sitting in a building with just a hundred other people, or at this point, maybe 30 other people, however your your church is is handling that right now. What's the value of that, right? Well, if if you're simply going and sitting and listening to an hour's worth of content, it differs a little bit of song, maybe a little bit of announcements, and then some nice words and some prayers. Like, but it's pretty much just sitting there and listening, and that's it. Well, there's not a whole lot of value there if that's your your view of the Sunday morning gathering of the church, right? What are you guys? <laughs> no, 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 I, okay. I agree with you completely. Rosie, like, I'm I don't know why I'm... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, if you, whereas if you view the purpose of gathering, <laughs> why are you smiling? I'm, I'm just smiling from Rose. Okay, okay. <laughs> you're reading into this way too much, man. Keep going. What you're saying All is right. good stuff. I know it's good. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry you know about I'm, my little grins you know that are getting you off. <laughs> anyway, if you're going to gather with the intention of, yes, we're going to sing together as a congregation, as a body, to the Lord and to each other. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to open the word together and dwell and focus on that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to encourage one another. Those are two radically different things. Yeah. Now, some people might might say, oh, no, it looks like the same thing to me. No, one is with great intentionality. One is passive and without any kind of passion or real heart or care for the other believers around you. So as churches are gathering again and fellowshipping again, hopefully people have a renewed um, desire and hunger for this koinonia that they've been missing out somewhat because this isn't a live stream thing that you can't get this over Zoom. Yeah. Um, you can get some of it, but you don't get the fellowship experience. Yeah, no, that's that's completely true. And then further, like, if if you are feeling like you can get the same thing mm-hmm. at home, yeah, then you probably have a skewed version of what the church is. And, I would say so. Yeah, and you, yeah, I, I shouldn't even say probably. You definitely have a skewed version of mm-hmm. a skewed idea of what the church is, because the the church is not a performance. Like, if you feel like you can get the same thing at home by watching something on television, Mm -hmm. then what you're saying is, I can intake this performance just as well at home as I could if I were there. Yeah. And if you view it as a performance, then you're exactly right. Mm Mm-hmm. But the church is an assembly of the of believers. I mean, if you guys want to pick up a great book, pick up Jonathan Lehman's One Assembly, and, and even if you are a church that has 
multiple um, services. Like that's not the argument we're trying to make here, but um, just helpful to think through what the church is. It's the gathering of believers. So um, w- w- the question I asked earlier about like why you think the fellowship of believers has diminished, I, I think it has a lot to do with how easy it is to get in touch with people today. We think that mm, so because you, we're you, part of a Facebook group. You, you don't mean just like the depth, you mean like the just the frequency almost. Both, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could say yes to both of those. That well, say yes to the, both. The depth, <laughs> I think, is less because we think, oh, if I don't, if I don't agree with this person, like I've got another community elsewhere that mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. I can invest in, or oh, I can go find people who agree with me online somewhere, rather than actually having rich conversations with people that you may disagree with. Right. Um, but then further, like, it's so easy to get in touch with people. Mm-hmm. And and anyone who has done this recognizes that a phone conversation is not equivalent to a conversation in person. A Zoom call is not equivalent to a conversation in person. Yeah. And, and I mean, praise God for phones, praise God for texting, praise God for social media, for Zoom, for Google, whatever. Like, all those things are wonderful tools, and we're grateful for them because they help us stay in touch. Mm-hmm. But they shouldn't replace the real right. thing. Exactly. And so exactly. as we kind of head back into um, quote unquote normal church life, like there's going to be that temptation for some people to yeah. say, I can get this same thing um, by doing a live stream somewhere. Right. Right. But we would encourage like, Hey, actually you can't mm-hmm. like invest in the relationships be there. I mean, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says that we were not to neglect the gathering um, as some are in the habit of doing, yeah. but rather we're supposed to, we're supposed to gather to um, encourage one another and to stir one another up in love and good works. And that's, that's really, uh, it's encouraging to realize the prominence of it, the seriousness of it. Now we do acknowledge there are people who are divinely prohibited, yeah. right? They, they're sick and Absolutely. they have issues and they, they cannot, um, it hinders them from gathering. And so there's definitely those cases, but that's, um, by far the exception, not the rule. Yeah. And so as believers, this koinonia, this fellowship, um, it, it's vital to our own maturing. It's, it's vital to our own emotional, spiritual, um, and intellectual health. Like if we're not gathering, allowing the other um, kind of things to chip away at us, ed- edges to kind of smooth us out and, and point us to Christ. It, it's similar to the situation with marriage or with kids, like, there's just gonna be people that, man, they just kind of strike you the wrong way, yeah. or just kind of, you know, they, they agitate you, and that's kind of by design. Like you, you're around this so that you realize, man, I'm, I'm being too prideful. I need to be. I need to show grace. I need to show mercy. If you're not given an environment to walk out the, the grace and the love of Christ, and we're to do that for all people, but we're actually primarily to do that first and foremost, I should say. For believers, hmm. so when people say, "Well, I can love my neighbor, and I can love my co," absolutely, absolutely, and you should. Yeah. However, your first commandment, your first duty, is to do it to the brothers and sisters in Christ in a local body. Yeah. In that fellowship, and I just I, again returning back to that last portion, that definition is uh, is therefore both shared sense of identity and moral imperative. We live in a time when the church is very divided, and people, I mean. All over social media, right? Blasting every every single corner, blasting each other about what they believe and, and this. But based on Quinn, we should have this shared view 
sense of identity. We belong to Christ. I don't. I don't belong to the Democrat Party. I don't belong to the to the Republican Party or Team Trump or Team whatever. Like that. No, our identity is Christ. Yeah. In the moral imperative, that's pointing others to Christ. That we uphold. Yes, the Christian worldview, but for what purpose? To honor and glorify the Lord, not for the prosperity of America. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yo, Rick. Hey, Rob. You know what? Uh, you know what I like? Um, long walks on the beach. Mm, long walks um, on the beach. While holding uh, your wife's hand in one hand, and in the other hand, me. <laughs> the Christian standard, standard Bible. So the CSB is. Uh, we've we've been pretty. Um, yeah, we have the verse by verse. Christian standards, beautiful Bible, big beautiful Bible, big beauty. Um, but guys, the Christian standard Bible, if you haven't already, um, would encourage you to get a translation of it or a copy of it. It's really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, their whole philosophy is what's called optimal equivalence, right? Yeah, yes, I think it is. That's what I, it is. That sounds good. Yep. And so what the they CSBs. do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so what they do is, um, they try to say that CSB is a Bible translation for everyone. Uh, Bible translation that new believers can understand, mm-hmm. which I've, I've had that frustration where I'm trying yeah. to give someone who may not be a Christian or maybe they're a new believer a Bible. And I, I know there's some confusing language and I'm like, yeah. oh man, just let me know if you have any questions. Yeah. Um, it's also one that every believer can turn to for lifelong discipleship. So it's not one where you're like, oh, well, this is um, kind of watered down language. And then when I get older and more mature, I can go to a new translation this the CSB is helpful for lifelong discipleship. It's one you can share with anyone you meet, no matter their background, which we've already talked about. One you can teach from with confidence. It's, mm-hmm. it's clear for young children, and it's accurate for personal study. Yeah, guys, if you haven't already, check out the Christian Standard Bible. We are we're big fans, big fans on, on this podcast. But um, it, took today's, us, it took us a little while to get there, but we're big fans. It, now. it did. It did. And uh, they've been kind to sponsor this episode, so we just want to give them a shout out. Then also just encourage you guys to check check them out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Rick. Yes. Um, let me ask you this. When it comes to the whole aspect of going back to normal life, what do you think? What do you foresee? You're a pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you foresee being one of the biggest hurdles that people are going to have to overcome? In, in all of this? Uh, probably just our our communal communion cup that we pass around mm, every, yeah. every week. You, you um, could pass around COVID doing that. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. We don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that has happened um, in places, churches. But yeah, so the biggest... Um, okay, so here's the biggest hurdle for me outside of just the logistics yeah. of it. The logistics of how do you begin together. Thankfully, we're a small church. We actually have a decent space. We can spread out. Um, we'll continue doing Zoom for those who want to stay home. And so, so some of those things are easy to answer. Um, personally, some of the people, um, and, and I'm speaking in a broad sense. I'm not speaking. speaking nope, go ahead and name our, names. Our little church. No, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't really see this much in our church. A couple yeah. people, but so many people are just all over the world. Board, it's blasting stuff that's very unchristlike, hmm. very unchristlike, and thinking, okay, how do I interact with this person? Yeah, how do I view them now after seeing everything they've put on Facebook or whatever? So that's that's an opportunity to show love and grace, and um, hopefully a good teachable moment just to to shepherd their heart well. 
Um, that's a challenge. Yep. Also, how do you how do you just help people realize that? And it's interesting because we are going through First Peter, which talks about holiness and suffering well. And so, I want them to look back at this and say, "What did did I did I function well? Was I honoring the Lord during this this pandemic? You know, yeah. I think we've done well to honor the government. I think we've done well to to love each other and our, our neighbors well. Um, the hardest thing I think is just getting people." I don't know, back into this sense of, or try to keep them from getting back into like the sense of, okay, life's just humdrum. And we've been kind of given a wake up call in a sense that, that our, our, our life is fragile. It's a gift. Our economy, all these things are, are fragile things. They cannot be our hope. So making sure people don't go back um, in that sense to a life of just, I don't, I don't want to say like everyday ho-humness, but in the sense realizing, man, there's a weight. There's a weight to our time. There's a there's a weight to the opportunities before us because we won't always have them. Yeah. No. I, I mean, what you were saying earlier about the unique call on the Christian life to love other Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was preaching out of this text. You said you were going through First Peter. I, we're going through First Peter, and so I, I just um, preached out of First um, Peter chapter two, verses eleven through seventeen this morning. And verse seventeen says, "We are to honor everyone." And then it says, love the brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in, in a sense, we're, we are to honor all people because they're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. No matter what their social status is, no matter what their education is, what their health is, what age they are, mm-hmm. ethnicity, any of those things. We, they're all given the imprint of God because they are human beings made in his image. And so we are called to honor everyone. But the very next part of that of that verse says to love the brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah. ESV says love the brotherhood. And so like there is an aspect where, yes, we are to honor everyone, mm-hmm. but we have a unique call. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways in which we love others is by gathering with them yes. to encourage them to love in good works. One of the first, there's a, there's a, an article that um, I'll try to link to if I remember, but it talked about the first sin that you commit when deciding not to go to church mm-hmm. is failing to love your mm-hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Because you yourself bring unique gifts and qualities to the body of Christ that other brothers and sisters will benefit from. Yes. And you may not know what that looks like. You may not know how that is, uh, how that works itself out. However, you have these gifts that other brothers and sisters will benefit from. And if you decide, I'm not going to attend, then you're robbing them of that. And further, just the practical aspect of this is an opportunity for you guys to be mutually encouraged. This Mm -hmm. is an opportunity for you, for them to confess their sin to you, you to confess their sin to one, to other believers, confess their sins to one another, to hear maybe just in passing conversation, ways that you can be praying for them by you neglecting the get the gathering. Mm -hmm. You are uh, refusing to partake in those yeah. ways. Yeah. And so you talk about the unique call on Christians mm-hmm. to love one another. And yeah. one of the primary ways that you can love other Christians is by simply going to church. Yes. And I think our culture in, in, the, in America, like we're good at going to Americana. church. Yeah. Thinking like, hey, we're going to, we're going to hear a sermon. Hopefully it's good. We're going to have some music. Hopefully it's good, rich theological. Like we're going to have maybe communion or, or baptism take part in the elements 
Uh, or the, the sacraments, as Rob always calls them. No, no, no. Call them ordinances. <laughs> Baptist baby. Um, but do we? Do, do most people think, okay, I'm going to church, and, and I really need to love my brothers and sisters well. Like, are we walking in? Are we getting ready in the morning? Like, what are we thinking of those things? Like, mm. I, I need, I need to be, pray with someone this morning, or I want to encourage someone. Yeah. Are we look like are we going in with those expectations, or are we rather like, hey, this is gonna be a good time. We'll see some people. We'll, we'll chat, and that'll be good. But we're looking to really encourage them. So, yeah. so Rob, here's a question. Okay. Say there's a brother or sister listening, and they are like, man, I I'm longing for that kind of fellowship, that devotion to each other and to Christ, that koinonia. But I'm having a hard time in my church. I'm in a church. I'm invested here. I've been here for a while. Like, what do I do? Because I, I can't seem to find it here. What's your, your counsel off the top of your head? Yeah. For, I mean, I would say talk to, your to, talk to your pastor. Okay. Yeah. Let him know, hey, I'm having a tough time connecting here. Or yeah. Let him know um, maybe these are the reasons or maybe this is what's going mm-hmm. on. Um, so, so talk to your pastor. I don't want to skip over that by any means but then also um man i mean there's a, a ton of things that maybe could play into that but maybe it's just because it's awkward um to join a small group or a community group or um in which case i would say just plow through yeah like there. be patient hey newsflash yeah. pretty much every community group is awkward yeah and that if you're not a part of one that has some awkwardness then maybe you're just too comfortable with one another and you need to start reaching out to some people who aren't like mm. you. Um, and that's not to say, I mean, we were part of a Rob's community anti- group where we loved pretty fellowship. much everybody and it wasn't very awkward. But I'm saying those are unique. <laughs> <laughs> you laughing at me? I, I love the, we love pretty much everybody. Um, no, I, said, I thought I said we love everybody. I think you said pretty much everybody. Oh, maybe I did. I don't know. Freudian slip, I guess. <laughs> But no, like, uh, I mean, those are unique. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are not yes. common. Yeah. Like, and they take a lot of work. Yeah. And and it, the reason that it was as great as it was, was because mm-hmm. we had been meeting for a few years together. Yeah. And so we had just know, like, we yeah. knew one another. Like now, now, granted, like, there may come a time where uh, that group says, you know what, like, we need to multiply. We yeah. need to have a gospel multiplication. And we had done that as a community mm-hmm. group. And so... um then you may get some new people and, or you might lose some people that you really wish you didn't. But the whole aspect of building community, building mm-hmm. fellowship is not an easy one. No, It's it, going to take some work. There's going to yeah. be people who irritate you. There's going to be people who don't have quite the same understanding that you mm-hmm. do or don't view things quite the same way that you do. But one of the fruit of the spirit is patience. And yes. so we are called to exercise patience. Mm-hmm. So before just piecing out, I would ask yourself, have you exercised patience? Yeah. Have you shown your brothers and sisters love? Yeah. Another fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So have you have you put in the effort? Right. right. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's because it's too far away, in which case maybe you need to think through, is this the right church to be a part of? Because well, you may be yeah. traveling 30 minutes, 40 minutes, mm-hmm. and might think, man, like it's just tough for me to, to join anything going on throughout the week. Like yeah. we can be there Sunday, but anything outside of that, like we really just have a tough time mm-hmm. yeah. digging in, which is going to be tough. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe you need to find a church that's a little bit closer to you. And depending on where you are, that might be more difficult or mm-hmm. might be easy. But um, And I would agree. And there's churches maybe you're, you're do not align theologically where mm, yeah. you can go to great depths, but there's just a limit there because 
he just believed different things about some some important parts of scripture. Yeah. All right, Rob. Last question for you. Okay. Similar situation. Someone who maybe they're part of the church and they they find their koinonia not in their local church. So they're they're part of a church, you know, member. They're faithfully involved, but their deep relationships are outside of that church with other people, or it's like an online community or something. Because mm-hmm. uh, we live in an age where people, I mean, people are subdivided into several different little communities you know, with different activities or whatever. How, how do you encourage that? Um, good question. So th- there's always going to be instances where not all of your friends are going to be at your local church. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that, That's a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> oh, I thought, um, I thought you were going to say it's a bad thing. Yeah, it, and it's not even a bad thing to have like your some some of your closest relationships to not mm-hmm. be at your local church. What is not a helpful thing, or healthy is, thing, or a healthy thing? Yeah, is to not have any deep relationships in your local church. Right. So, Rick, you, I mean, you and I have a great relationship, and um, I would say that I mean, it's a deep relationship, healthy one. Um. That's, your, we don't that's, go to the that's same, your perspective. Yeah, we don't go to the same church. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. But with that being said, like, I, I have a great relationship with my pastor. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have any deep relationships at my church, mm-hmm. I w- that would be tough. Right. And it probably wouldn't be healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, I, would, I would encourage you that if you do have other senses of community in places outside of the church, that's not a terrible thing, but to not have a sense of community within the church is not a good thing. And I would say first and foremost, like your primary sense of community, the priority should be your church, preferably your, your, not just brothers and sisters in Christ, but should be your local church. Yeah. And that's a good, to distinguish that Um, all brothers and sisters in Christ are part of God's church, right? Yeah. But we're talking about your your local expression of the body of Christ, your yeah. local church, and uh, we would we would make the case that there God has designed that unique church with the people who are there to, to do unique things. And you're as you pointed out earlier, you have giftings. This is why you don't miss Sundays. You have gifting capabilities. You need to be there. Similarly, like you need to be committed there. So it's it's great that you have other brothers and sisters who are outside that church who um, maybe there's stuff going on. And it's you can talk to them. Right, it's, yeah. it's a, but at the same time, you need to be working to foster good relationships in the church, and it is hard. Um, but we believe that's God's design yeah. as as the bride of Christ to, to be committed together, and again, being patient, struggling well, loving well. Uh, the local church is probably the only place that you can you can be committed, um, and, and you have other people who are holding, kind of linking arms. Holding you in when there's time when you want to run, and then you're holding them in when they want to run. Yeah, because of sin or, or struggle or whatever. And at the and in that process of linking arms and, and holding each other together, you're becoming more like Christ, more unified. Mm. And you're experiencing uh, koinonia. Yeah, amen. Anything else you want to throw in here? That's it. Okay, I'm sure there's more, but oh, always. Yeah, always. But good stuff, guys. If you want to get in touch with us, you can head over to our website, simpletheology.org. dot com. dot org. dot com. Don't listen to Rick. If you want to call us, leave us a voicemail. You can reach us at 614-233-1098. If you want to suggest a topic, go to mm-hmm. over our website, scroll down, you'll see the opportunity there, or you can send us an email at info at simpletheology.org. You know what? I was looking at something the other day, Rob. What's I that? Mean, you're going to say this is vain, and it probably is a little bit vain. 
Um, Probably. But I don't know if, I don't think we've had an iTunes, like, comment since, like, mid last year. No, we have. Oh, have we? I think so. I gotta find, I don't even know where iTunes is at on my phone. (laughs) Oh, I'm certain. Guys, leave us a comment. I mean, (sighs) we, we, but for a while there, we were saying we just want the five-star rating, which, don't get me wrong. (laughs) That's really helpful. (laughs) Five star ratings help get the show out there, help other people find it. If you like this, Um, yeah, if you do benefit from this, we would really appreciate a five star rating. Uh, But somebody leave a comment; that'd be great. Uh, We want to hear from you. So, thank you for the to those who have. um, Trying to think, if there's anything else. Um, Oh yeah, if you want to find us on social media, um, Facebook.com/slash Simple Theology. You can. Um, on Instagram, find us at Simple Theology Pod. You can always use the hashtag across all social media platforms. Um, hashtag Simple Theology Pod. Rob, did you like that? Um, did you like the picture I put up of you? I did. I saw those. A little bit of nostalgia happening yeah, there. Tell me about it on the on Instagram, right? Yeah. Yep. Hello. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that was I try to get more up there, but that was us in in the condo. In the old condo. And in your old apartment, in the basement. Yeah, which... Wild. This thing's been going for a while. That's a trip down memory lane. It sure is. All right, guys. Um, Until next time. Until next time. Peace. Peace out.